The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. Hey everybody, hope you're doing well. We are tuning in live from SEC Media Days 2023 here in Nashville, Tennessee, live on Radio Row. Jacob Goins with you here in Nashville. Carter Bird, my co-host, back in studio holding down the fort. Uh, we are off and running on a busy, busy Tuesday afternoon here in Nashville. Of course, it is Auburn Day. Hugh Freeze just got done talking on the main podium in the room behind us. Uh, we'll talk all things about that. Plus, I have my one-on-one -on -one interview with head coach Hugh Freeze. We'll play that for you in just a little bit as well. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors, though, who uh, make all of this possible here at SEC Media Days. The Orthopedic Clinic, Tim Jones Farmers Insurance, and Wickles Pickles. Big thank you to them for making this all possible. And so we're going to get into everything that's been said here today on day two at SEC Media Days. But as promised to start off the show, we're joined by Taylor Davis, ESPN reporter, joining us at the table. Hello, how are you? Hi, I am good. Happy to be here. And uh Auburn Day best day, right? Auburn Day best day, that's right. <laughs> War Eagle to you. War Eagle. Well, how has your trip been to Nashville so far? You were here yesterday, you're here today. How's it been going for you? It's been hectic around here. Okay, funny story. I moved here. Hey, Coach. Coach Hugh yeah, Freeze walking Coach on Hugh by. Yeah, Coach right um, on by. That's right. I actually moved to Nashville a week ago. Oh, so my goodness. So I am okay. a local as of like seven days ago. So wow, okay. along with the media day chaos that ensues every year, I'm also getting to learn my new city. So a lot wow. happening. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> what is – what is uh, – what was the decision to move to Nashville? That's awesome. You know, I am originally from Alabama. I grew up in a small town about an hour and a half from Auburn yeah. and have lived in Charlotte working for the SEC Network for years. But now we're all remote, you know, and just going to different games. So wanted to be a little closer to family, and Nashville was a, a good midway point. So. Well, good for you. Yeah. Nashville's a, a fantastic city. I love so it so, so much. So far, so good. Good. Well, what have you heard and seen so far here at SEC Media Days? Day one yesterday, I yeah. uh, had Brian Kelly. Jimbo Fisher today of mm -hmm. course with Hugh Freeze we'll get into that in just a second but yeah. what'd you hear on day one yesterday you know I, SEC media days is always interesting right because you're going to get the typical coach speak that we're all used to but I think that you kind of get an insight into which guys are kind of bracing for impact and which ones have a lot of optimism I got a, a, a major sense of optimism and confidence from Brian Kelly. Mm -hmm. I think there's such high expectations in Baton Rouge, but I think they're warranted this year. I mean, year two in Baton Rouge is special. Look what Kim Mulkey did and, right, you know, now right. baseball. And so I think that the, the stars could align for LSU this year, and I really got a sense of optimism from them. I sensed a little bit of trepidation from Jimbo Fisher. I'm not going to lie. Was I think it because that, of him dodging the question about Bobby Petrino? I mean, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know he was expecting that one fully. But right. I think, look, uh, they know what they're up against at A&M right now. And yep. here's the thing with A&M. They have every reason to dominate. When you look at recruiting, you look at funding, they have so many benefits that a lot of these schools haven't even mm -hmm. tapped into yet. So what's the reason? What is the reason that this thing is 
is not on the tracks yet. So I honestly thought that Jimbo was not as settled and confident, and he didn't have the same air about him. So yeah. I was I was actually kind of shocked by that one. And then today is day two. Of course, Georgia was here defending yeah. national champions. Kirby Smart, yeah. he impressed me again on the on the podium. He always does. He, yeah. he knows what he's talking about. He can obviously coach the game, but he really impressed me once again here at SEC Media Days. I mean, you know, speaking of confidence, my guy has every reason to feel that given his resume the past couple of years. But, you know, I think he kind of got ahead of what everyone is going to ask, right? It's one thing to get to the top, but how do you stay there? Right. And, and his whole thing is avoiding complacency. And whether that means that three-peat again or just have another consistent season. I was very impressed by him pointing out the fact that every full-time coach that was on the staff last year for a national championship team is still on staff this year. How that is, is that? so rare. It is crucial. Yeah. In today's day and age of college football, I mean, I feel like every season when I go to cover a game, I've got to relearn an entire roster mm -hmm. because turnover is so high these days. So for him to be able to keep all of these guys on staff, like he said, 17 of the 20 kids that they signed in the COVID year are still on their roster. Yep. They're not just building something, they're maintaining it. And I think that's arguably harder. And then you and I just got done listening to Hugh Freeze in the main room back yeah. behind us. We walked pretty much walked from there right over here. <laughs> what did he say that caught your uh, caught your ear, I should say, and impressed you in his first SEC media days wearing the orange and blue? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting to see him back, right? Yeah, and obviously yeah. seeing that big Auburn logo behind him. But I, I was actually glad he didn't really – you know, focus too much on the last couple of years for the program, but he did kind of allude to it, which I thought was important, you know, especially those of us that cover Auburn so closely. It's a bit of an elephant in the room, right? The right. last couple of years, the, the program really took a hit, and I thought it was interesting that he said, for whatever reason, a little bit of faith was lost. Faith in administration, faith in staff, and therefore, faith in the teammates, right? And so, he kind of alluded to that being his first order of business, was reestablishing, we got to have belief not just in what we're able to do X's and O's. We are going to have belief within this entire program that was hindered in the last couple of years. So I loved that he really kind of took the opportunity to hit on that early and didn't shy away from it because, you know, a lot of coaches put on poker faces here, but he's a very transparent guy. I mean, when you think about the situation he's in and, yep. and you know, what all he's gone through in the past, that's how he has to approach this, and I was glad he did. Yeah, I was too, and I I feel like uh, I feel like that he is very straight up. He's very yeah. he's to the point. He's going to tell you what he's thinking, and and he addressed some of that stuff in the past. But he knows that he has to move on, and for everybody else to do that, I think he had to do that yeah, as totally. well. And so I, I think he did a really good job at that. Taylor Davis joining us from ESPN, and also hosting a podcast. Uh, we we got to tell our Auburn <laughs> people about it if they haven't heard about it already. Yeah. You and uh, Jason Campbell are are rocking and rolling in the podcast world. Oh yeah, the one and only JKM. I always hate doing an intro for the podcast because I'm like a nobody and then Jason Campbell is oh, like the no, you know no. dynasty that he is no but Jay is just an incredible human being I'm so lucky to have him as a friend and a co-host so we do a weekly podcast we are with the Believe Sports Network so and that is spelled B-L-E-A-V that confuses people but we are believing everything Auburn we break down everything around Auburn athletics once a week and obviously he's now going to be calling the games for yeah. us on Auburn radio yep. so he's going to have a lot of great insight and I cover 
college football across the Power Five. So we kind of bring different insights. We get different guests, and uh, we have a blast. He's so, awesome. Well, my company, Auburn Network, with our family of stations, including ESPN 106.7, yeah. we just gained the rights to air the Auburn Sports Network in Auburn, Opelika. So How is, about it? Yeah, so it is back home with Auburn Network. We love the it. Auburn Sports Network. So we're very excited about that. Uh, from your perspective, yeah. just your being an alum, being, yeah. of course, being a fan and loving <laughs> Auburn as much as you do, True. how are you feeling going into 2023 with Hugh Freeze, with a bunch of new players? Yeah. It seems like the vibe with Auburn fans, especially in Auburn Opelika, is very, very high. But how are you feeling? You know, I feel like with most years we go in with cautious optimism. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I honestly think that what happened at the end of last season is what we're all holding on to. And I think that's why you see these season tickets breaking a new record, okay? We're not coming off a national championship win. We don't have a guy like Cam Newton, you know? <laughs> and yet we're breaking records. Right. Why is that? I think it's because of what you saw at the end of season, which was a return to what we all care about most, and that is just the pure Auburn family. Yep. It it started so poorly last year, and by the end, you would have thought we were the top four heading to the playoff, and I think a guy like Cadillac Williams reminded everyone why we love Auburn the way we do, and so that's kind of what we're all heading into this season reminded of, which I think is going to make this season fun again, you yes. know? like I hope the, so, Taylor. I hope right, so. Right, don't we <laughs> I all? I, I mean, so. look, do I hope that we can take the field and absolutely dominate and you know be at the top the last year of divisions in the SEC like right. let's freaking win the West that's yes right. do that's I right. think that's gonna happen no but I think that will surprise people I think Hugh Freeze said I'm much more he was specifically talking about the quarterbacks which is you know yet to be seen right. but he said I'm more optimistic than a lot of people are and I kind of think that Auburn fans don't really know where to stand right now but we're all just excited to love Auburn football again because the last two years minus those four games with Cadillac, didn't feel like Auburn football. Right. So I'm just more concerned with us returning to, you know, the spirit that we all have. And, I, I mean, I I would say, if I had to give a guess right now, seven, eight wins. Okay. I, I, okay. That's what I'm going to put my that's money on. That's kind of where I've been, too. I, yeah. I think the floor is seven. I think the ceiling is nine. I agree. I, I think that's a really good spot for Auburn to be in. Yeah. And I will not sit here and take the slander that is Auburn finishing last in the no, SEC No, 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 no. I don't either. I don't. And look, so much of it is predicated on the quarterback, and, and we've yet to figure out what that's going to look like. And obviously, right. we didn't get a ton of insight on that today, but how could they? Peyton Thorne has yet to go through fall camp. Mm -hmm. I did think it was interesting. He said that you know, the offensive staff is going to have to have a plan 10 days of the three guys rotating, and yep. then after that they want to have it down to two. So they're being very methodical about it. They know a lot more than we do about those guys, right? But I think given the skill sets of the guys that we are privy to, I think seven wins is definitely attainable. Taylor, when you look around the SEC and we look around college football outside yeah. of Auburn, what do you see and what, what gets you excited for 2023? Golly, man, there's just so much talent. It is crazy. I mean, we've got Mississippi State walking in here right now, and I think they're going to be a really compelling story this year, yeah. obviously, in, in lieu of what all the program went through last year, losing Mike Leach. And, and I think that Zach Arnett coming in, this program is is kind of revived a little bit in terms of what Auburn talks about, that spirit and that energy and, and playing for something bigger than football. I, I think that you're going to look across the league this year and there's going to be so many different storylines and whys that we're all going to see the disbursement of talent 
coupled with incredible storylines, yep. and those seasons really just blow all of our minds. But I think that the offenses are going to evolve a little bit this year. I think that so many coaches, you heard Hugh Freeze say, and I have talked ball with far too many people in this league. We all know each other's secrets now, right? So they're going to have to evolve. They're going to have to get more creative. And I think we're seeing the talent level distribute itself so well that you're going to have the ability to do that. You've got great offensive minds in this league too. So I think offenses are going to get a little more creative this year because everybody's got to, you know, find a way to get creative now that we all know so much. Yeah, and then you think about next year, it's all going to change oh, again gosh. with Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, it's hard to keep up, you I'm know. Telling you, I'm Constant telling you. Constant change. I mean, the landscape will look completely different, not just yeah. football either. Yeah, all sports. It's exactly. crazy. It, basketball, and, and think about the competitiveness of baseball. It's the best baseball conference in the country. Softball Arna. is right there too, yep. right? Volleyball. Gymnastics. 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 You're yep. exactly right. I mean, yep. Texas and Oklahoma, and I try to stress that, it means more than just football for them yeah. coming to this conference. Now, obviously, the, the schedule, conference game, all of that situation is still in conversation. Or Where do you lie on that? I was just about oh. to ask you. You <laughs> okay. beat me to it. Okay. Well, you answer. I mean, go. look, as an Auburn grad, I was heartbroken when I saw the 2024 schedule no longer had my favorite game. I know Auburn grads are going to be like, what? I know my going. favorite game every year is LSU. Yeah. Like, I, yes, the Iron Bowl, the deep tell told us rivalry, incredible. Something about LSU-Auburn just is my favorite. Um, and so to see a schedule that does not have LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, it, uh, yes, uh, maybe change is difficult, <laughs> but I felt like the losses were so much worse than, you know, the benefit of the gains. No offense, I know, Vanderbilt, but, Kentucky. Yeah. But, <laughs> right, but. And so to adjust for the protection of some of those rivalries, we're going to have to expand to a nine-game conference schedule. No and doubt about it. I understand Greg saying he actually talked on it a little bit yesterday when he opened media days, and, and those conversations are going to continue. They had to make a decision for 24 because those schedules had to get going, and the eight-game conference slate is what works for right now. Do I think it's the long-term solution? No, because you're going to compromise some of the caliber rivalries like Auburn-LSU that are rooted in history and tradition. So I think eventually nine is going to have to be it, but uh, the playoff committee is definitely going to have to be involved in that. But Taylor, as people that have grown up like you and I watching Auburn our entire lives, yeah. aren't you happy it's going to be a little bit easier for Auburn to win some games? Like, no, you know no, I'm not. <laughs> and here's the thing, it? Jason and I had this debate because I think there's two sides of the fence here and you're sitting here going, man, it's going to be fun like to have some, hopefully, I mean, look, no disrespect to those teams. We can't assume anything these days. Um, but, you know, you think maybe the slate's going to be a little bit easier in 2024. We're not going to get beat up and hopefully you've got some more W's in that column. And then there's fans that go, even if it amounts to a loss, there are some games that I just love being a part of for the for the camaraderie, for the experience, for the spirit. They represent college football. It's what separates college football from the NFL. You're and exactly believe right. me, those lines are getting more and more blurred by the day. So if we lose some of those just because we want to win, we're no different than the NFL. It's all about the result. It's okay. all about a check. Okay. So for me, and I understand, believe me, I want Auburn to be in Atlanta every single year playing for a title. I want to be in that play off don't get me wrong but my favorite memories as a student as a fan are those close games and even if they were losses those are the ones that I remember and you don't want to lose the the tradition and what makes college football so special you're exactly I, I, right I'm 100% well, I get it I yep. do but 
I'm not going to complain if Auburn's <laughs> schedule gets a little bit easier because it's Fine. been the toughest one in the year. In the, in the every conference year. every year. You're right. You're right? right. And I think that the way that we're distributing some of the non-conference games has also been, I mean, like yeah. more Power 5 matchups and things like that are incredible. And that will also change if we expand to a nine-game conference. Then every non-conference game is going to have to be mm-hmm. a lesser than opponent because you got to freaking stay healthy all season. Right. So, I mean, like there's pros and cons to both sides. I get that. Um but I guess I'm just, look, if we could keep LSU every year, I probably wouldn't be as disgruntled. Would you rather play LSU than Georgia? Ooh, if gosh, you had, you're asking the hard hit. I'm not going to ask you to choose that over the Iron Bowl because that, I mean, that's cemented. But if you yeah, had yeah, to yeah. choose Iron either Bowl Georgia sure. or LSU I, every year. I would, LSU. Wow. Yeah. But, okay. I mean, I do have ties to LSU. My mom's side went to LSU, so I, okay. I kind of had some – uh, pre-existing ties. That's so all you had to that, say. That's all you had to say. That plays into it for yeah. sure. But I just, when I think back to some of those games, man, I just, I, I went to Baton Rouge my senior year, the rain game where we almost won down there at the end. But then that that kicked off the season of destiny, you yep. know? So it's just, I don't know. They're all incredible and it's, it's hard to choose. But it's also going to be weird getting used to the elimination of divisions. Like, I still think of, like, well, Georgia's in the East and LSU's in the West. And so we're how does that affect about us? It that way. We will. We're ingrained to think that yeah, way. We've so, been doing it too long. 100%. So, I don't know. That, that one would definitely be a hard one to choose between. But even if we could keep LSU every other year or something, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of change implemented at once. And now we welcome in Oklahoma and Texas. And some of those rivalries already exist. Obviously, Texas, Texas A&M mm-hmm. goes without saying. But, like, the rest of us, it's going to take time before we have any kind of established, quote, rivalry with Oklahoma and Texas, whereas LSU goes back. How many alum? I'm sure Cole Kubelik's in here somewhere. <laughs> I, I mean, like, he's got pictures with the cigar playing in the LSU game. You know, like, yeah. it, reestablishing those takes time, and, and we're at the beginning of that. It takes time for Auburn to find some hatred in Texas and Oklahoma. 100%. Something's got to happen. We'll find it quickly, though. You Don't better you, believe it. <laughs> Don't you, you better worry. believe it. Taylor Davis from ESPN joining me here. Here on on the line here on the Tuesday edition on ESPN 106.7. Thank you so much for your time. Tell Happy everybody to. where they can keep up with you, your podcast, everything yeah. you got going on. You do such great work. Oh, my really gosh. Do. Thank you so much. You as well. Um, you can follow me personally, Instagram and Twitter. I've yet to dip into the whole threads thing. I, I, you I'm know, not cheating on Twitter. I can't I do can't it. I can't keep up. I can't do it. I just accepted the fact that TikTok isn't going anywhere, you know? So, like, threads, I but don't see, know. I don't do TikTok. I do reels on Instagram. Okay. I, you see, so, yes. I watch everything two weeks old. Oh, <laughs> You're one of those. Okay. I feel you. I feel you. But you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Taylor Beth Davis. I have a very common name, so I have to use my middle name, Taylor Beth Davis. And then, like I said, Jason and I have our weekly podcast. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, you name it. And that is Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis, ESPN, joining us to start off the Tuesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. When we come back, Carter Bird will join me. We'll talk about Auburn and then my interview with head coach Hugh Freeze. All coming up here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back here live on Radio Row at SEC Media Days 2023 in Music City, USA. Jacob Goins with you here on location. Carter Bird back in the ESPN 106.7 studio. Carter, how's it going, man? Happy Tuesday, brother. No, it's great, man. It's good to be here. Uh, 
soloed it in the studio, man. It feels like a uh, ghost town because uh, it just feels uh, like half Carter, half everybody's up there. To me, brother, I can't hear you, so I don't know if uh, maybe we lost connection or if I'm not turned on, you're not turned on. What's going on? But uh, I'm gonna keep talking like I just can't hear you because I definitely can't. So uh, if you missed our interview just now, uh, we had Taylor Davis of ESPN join us. Of course, she is also the host of a podcast with Jason Campbell, Believe in All Things Auburn. So uh, be sure you go and check that out. But uh, she was talking about all everything with Auburn, how Hugh Freeze was talking today and uh, what he had to say on the main podium and talking about how Auburn just getting excited for, for 2023 and, and how Auburn fans should how Auburn fans should be excited as well and how we look for uh, something different. All right. Well, I guess I guess I'll pick up for for, for Jacob here uh, as he figures out what's what's going on with the microphones. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously Auburn Day at SEC Media Days. We have uh, Hugh Freeze. He had his big press conference. He uh, was was at the big stage, and I I really thought it was interesting some of the things that he said uh, because I listening to him talk about. Um, the the fact that uh, you have he had to reset the Carter. the uh, the mindset of Auburn's team and Auburn's players uh, because of I guess the past two years with Brian Harson. Yeah, it's 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 good to hear you, Jacob. I'm sorry that uh, now. Oh, there we go. There now, we go. Okay. Now just okay, now good. piping in. <laughs> Okay, good. All right. Well, a little bit technical technical difficulties, but no problem there. Carter, how are you doing, man? Happy Tuesday. Oh, I'm good, man. Hey, it's 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 good here uh, in the uh, studio. It feels a little bit like a, a ghost town at times because uh, I don't have yeah I don't have you in here, and uh, I know that Bill or that Dan's up there with you as well, and there's there's just fewer people yep, over, yep. around the station, man. Oh, well, man, I feel your love all the way here from Nashville. <laughs> but, uh, hey, uh, long, hey, as long as we're connected, ready to go. Uh, and, and the Taylor Davis interview went really, really good. She is uh, sharp as a tack when it comes to talking about Auburn football. Taylor Davis of ESPN, and she hosts the podcast with Jason Campbell as well. So go check her out on everything she does. Uh, Carter, what do you think about her and what she had to say about Auburn? You can tell she's an Auburn alum. Boy, she's excited about the Tigers now. Yeah, I mean, she, she is very excited, and I, I think that she mirrors a lot of what what is kind of the the she was kind of a litmus test of what the Auburn fan base is. The Auburn fan base, there's a lot of excitement. Yeah. We we've seen the record uh, the record season ticket sales uh, and things like that. I mean, I did think it was a little interesting that she seems to like the. Um, the LSU game more than the uh, Georgia she game. She does very much. Yeah, yeah. She and I asked her straight up. She she would rather have the LSU game every year than the Georgia game. I think that's interesting. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a interesting take because I don't think a lot of people um, would mirror that. I guess right. the the I think you're more likely to have that opinion if you are younger uh, because of the fact that um, you. Hmm. You haven't seen as many Auburn wins in the Auburn Georgia yeah. uh, series. Right. I know that's that's the case for you and uh, me because I mean when you look at I mean, what Auburn's won three times, I believe, in the last eighteen matchups with Georgia. Uh, where yeah, it, it's 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 not a good stat. Yeah, and but when you look at LSU, I mean Auburn's got 
a lot more wins, especially at home against LSU, uh, because you and know plus they. Plus, you've got the curse that was broken in Death Valley too, yes. just recently. Yes, it exactly. And Bonex obviously playing like Johnny Manziel in that game uh, helped push you over the top because we know we know at this point pretty well that uh, it wasn't the coaching <laughs> in that game that powered Auburn to uh, yeah. to to that that victory, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that Taylor kind of echoed a lot of what we've heard from our listeners, the excitement, uh, and if anybody has the ability to return Auburn to the status that they need to get to, I certainly believe that uh, Hugh Freeze, with the way he's recruiting and the success that he's had uh, elsewhere in his career, he can do it. Well, we appreciate Taylor Davis of ESPN joining us to start off the show today. When we come back, um, we're going to talk about what Hugh Freeze had to say today on the main podium here in Nashville at SEC Media Days Day 2. Plus, if you missed the announcement on Twitter, I was very, very lucky and fortunate. Uh, thanks to all of the people with, with Auburn Athletics and the SIDs, Kirk Sampson, uh, Kirk Sampson excuse me, Shelly Poe, uh, George Nunnally, all those people, uh, getting me a one-on-one -on -one closed-door interview with head coach Hugh freeze that's all coming up here on the tuesday edition of on the line don't turn that radio dial espn 1067 where you want to be our seven straight hours of sec media days coverage rolls on when we come back Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here from day two on SEC Media Days. This is On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Hope you're all doing well. We've got more great content for you all show long. We started the show with Taylor Davis of ESPN, and Carter and I were just talking about uh, what she had to say and, and some of the things that have been going on. We'll talk some more about all of the coaches and what they had to say today here at day two on SEC Media Days. It was Georgia. Auburn, Mississippi State all went today. Uh, so it is a very, very big day at SEC Media Days. But Carter, before we get to my one-on-one -on -one interview with head coach Hugh Freeze, I know you were listening when Hugh Freeze took the main stage uh, right here behind me on Radio Row, oh, yeah. the main room. And I know you were listening to what he had to say. So uh, what what did you make of what uh, Hugh Freeze, uh, head coach of Auburn football, had to tell the media this morning? I was I was saying this uh, earlier when you when you couldn't uh, hear me for, for a second. I I thought the thing that stuck out the most to me was the way that he talked about how he had to reset that mindset. He had to, and that's why he picked the flip the script theme for the spring because uh, the maybe the team had been hearing a little too much about what other people thought about them, uh, what other other uh, I guess people's predictions and records and things for Auburn. Uh, were going to be, and he kind of had to reprogram their mindset into, hey, guys, like, it doesn't matter what everybody says out there. I mean, it's kind of – he had to do the polar opposite of what Kirby Smart does every year. Like last year, you know, yeah. when Kirby yeah. Smart somehow convinced his team, apparently, that people thought they were going to go 7-5, and five, like convinced them that everybody <laughs> thought that they were trash. Right. 
when they were yeah, defending national champions us. and probably yeah. the favorites well, to go win the next one. Uh, Hugh Freeze, it sounds like he had to do the opposite. It's like, hey, guys, nobody expects anything from you, but look, if we band together in this room and we come together and coalesce as a team, we can exceed every expectation that everybody has out there for us. Well, I think he had some really good things to say on the main stage. But, Carter, he had some really good things to tell me as well in my, again, my one-on-one -on -one interview with head coach Hugh Freeze earlier today. This was before he took the main stage. I was able to uh, uh, get that set up with everybody. Again, all the SIDs over with Auburn, and so we appreciate all of them. With us being the new uh, rights holder for the Auburn Sports Network, Auburn Network, again, excited to announce that we are the new local affiliate in the Auburn Opelika area of the Auburn Sports Network for the next five years over on our sister stations, Wings 94.3 and and AU100. Auburn University football, men's basketball, Tiger Talk will be on Wings 94.3 and then Auburn University women's basketball and baseball will now be on AU100 for the next five years. Auburn Network is the home of the Auburn Sports Network and so Carter, I know you've got that interview ready to go. Let's play that for our listeners again. This was earlier today. My one-on-one -on -one interview with Auburn head football coach Hugh Freeze. Here live at SEC Media Days 2023 in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm joined by head coach Hugh Freeze for Auburn Football. Coach, great to see you back at SEC Media Days, and this time representing the Orange and Blue. It's great to see you back. Well, thank you so much, and it's, uh, it's good to be representing Auburn for sure. And so how was, I want to start with this, how was the trip up here? You brought three, three of your best guys, three senior leaders on this team. You're bringing Cam Stutz, Elijah McAllister, and Luke Deal. What was the trip like for you and those three guys? I know the trips are always special. It's a great time to bond with those young men. What was that like for you? It was a quick flight, uh, and, and, you know, you're not really getting to sit all together, but it was, uh, you know, I could see their excitement, and obviously there's a lot of kids we could have chose to come, and, um, and uh, those three are, are, are representation of, of what we want Auburn men to be like and Auburn players to be like. And there's certainly some more back home that are just like them. So it wasn't an easy decision, but uh, I think that they will do a phenomenal job today of representing our program. What's it been like for you in a very, very busy few months that you've been at Auburn, you've hit the recruiting trail hard, you've hit the transfer portal hard, and I know you guys have been practicing and making some changes. What's it been like for you in the short amount of time on the Plains? Uh, crazy you know it just has been non-stop truthfully and um, but we kind of knew that coming in and you've got to but uh, the excitement that's around the program right now from our fan base and our supporters and uh, I think is uh, it just encourages us to continue the drive to to close the gap on the elite teams in this conference and and hopefully we can do that in the next couple recruiting cycles in the meantime and hopefully we can uh, find a way to compete with them with what we have in that room because we just believe in each other and hopefully that's the, the culture we can build. I want to ask you in a minute what Auburn fans should be excited about for 2023, but what excites you, Coach, about 2023 and this specific group of guys that you've got right now for Auburn football? Well, I get excited about new challenges. Uh, I've always been that way, and um, whether it's, you know, when I was at Ole Miss and took a team to the – to the New Year's Six games, and they say you couldn't do it again, and then, well, let's do it again the next year, and we did. <laughs> or you go to Liberty, who's moving into, um, you know, the FBS for the first time, and everybody, well, they may not win a game. They, well, we go to a bowl game and win eight games, you know. Mm -hmm. So just new challenges, and certainly we've got one here. Um, the program has not been on its best the last few years. Uh, it's not the Auburn that I remember. Um, but it's our job to restore that, and that excites me. 
How have you felt the Auburn family and the Auburn fan base accept you, your family, coming into to this new town? It's been, like I said, it's been a short time, and I know it's been busy, but what's that been like for you and your family? Couldn't have been any better, any smoother, any uh, more welcoming. They're just incredible people, and you know we're blessed to have all three of our daughters two of their husbands and now a grandchild and our youngest is at Auburn so uh, for us family is everything to us and and I, I sense that the Auburn people feel the same way so it's been just a great partnership. On the offensive side of the football as we get to the X's and O's really quick on the offensive side of the football still have you know a quarterback battle you bring in Peyton Thorne you've got a really stacked running back room a new looking offensive line a great young receiving core what is the offense going to look like for you and Auburn in 2023? Truthfully, I have no clue. I mean, I don't. I mean, we haven't, we haven't practiced enough yet to know exactly what we can do and what we can't do. I'm not going to change our system. Uh, this worked for me for years. But how much of that can we really do in year one and, and until we decide particularly who the quarterback is and what his skill sets are, I think it's just kind of I would be just – making stuff up at this point if I knew what our strengths are going to be. When you look at the defensive side of the football, a lot of senior leadership. You brought one of them here today with Elijah McAllister. I think you've got numerous guys that are going to be playing on Sundays. What what gives you the confidence in the defensive players that you have right now as you get closer to the season? Well, I'd feel a lot better if we had Derek Hall back and, <laughs> and some of those that could have stayed that went pro. But, uh, you know, I worry a little bit about our depth there. Uh, we're going to have to play some young guys. Um, and particularly in the secondary and maybe up front. So, um, you know, it takes depth. But I do think that we've got a good mixture there. We just uh, uh, hopefully we'll have enough depth uh, to, to roll ones and twos and threes out there and, and still be competitive. Coach Freeze, we're 46 days away from the kickoff of Auburn football. Tell Auburn fans why they should be excited for you and this program in 2023. Well, I think you should be optimistic, but, but – temper it with patience um there'll be some growing pains but i do expect that they will see a team that's going to play passionate football for this university for 60 minutes and that was so our that, interview with you Freeze. oh yeah yep 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 that was my one-on-one -on -one with head coach hugh freeze of auburn football i had about five or six minutes with him and and took full advantage of it carter your thoughts on what he had to say yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I know that he's talked a lot about how there's a lot of unknowns with this team with so many new pieces on the roster, and but there's a lot of reason for excitement. Uh, and I think he's ready to get to work, and I think that the, that can't be understated, the fact that I think that that mindset permeates from the top down in this program. I think that, uh, I mean, just I, as while I was playing as well, I was looking at some of the comments by – uh, Elijah McAllister and Luke Deal uh, about Coach Freeze, and they talk about the positivity that he brings, and I think that that's really important for this Auburn team just because when you think about it feels like this group's kind of been beaten down, man. Uh, this or The guys that were on this team the past two years because it was that bad. Uh, it was that bad to finish 2021, and it was that bad and all of 2022 until Cadillac took over the last four games. And they've had to deal with a lot of uh, adversity, a lot of negativity, uh, and having somebody who can come in and restore that belief, that hope, that positivity within the program, I think it's vital. And I think it's going to show 
pretty significantly as we watch this team develop over the 2023 season? Well, yeah, I think all of those things you could hear when he was on the main stage. But when I was able to sit with him, like I said, just uh, one-on-one and and talk to him and get to know about him, and we were able to talk for a few minutes before as well, and just you can see the the passion and you can see the – the care that he has for this job and and it's something that we talked about and a lot of other people talked about Carter when he was in consideration to get the job was Hugh Freeze for Auburn football and if he did get this opportunity again he would take full advantage of it and he would work harder than anybody else and and I think you've seen that already and I wanted to ask him about that just didn't get the time to do so but you can see it in his I saw it in his eyes. You can hear it in his voice. And I talked to him about him and his family and how they came to Auburn. And, and that transition, he told me, was easy for him. It was easy for his family. It's been great for them to be here. Yep. And I think all of that plays into what could be a very, very long and successful tenure for Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that there is – it's such a drastic change from Brian Harson to Hugh Freeze because Hugh Freeze – it feels genuine, man. It feels real. It feels like Auburn has a chance to be his home for a very long period of time, even after he's coaching, because the way he talks about it, the where he's got family in the city. Like there's a personal, real, genuine connection to the city of Auburn. When Brian Harson was the head coach, it never felt genuine. And the language right. that was used to talk about Auburn. It was always a place like Auburn, a place like Auburn, or somewhere like Auburn. It was never just talking about Auburn and and embracing the community, embracing the fans, embracing what makes this place, this university, this city, these people that surround this city and this this school and this football program, what makes it great. And I feel like Hugh Freeze gets that, and I think that is the biggest difference that that I see and hear when I listen to Hugh Freeze just talk about taking this job. And I think that there is an aspect of, I think he's grateful for the opportunity. I think it's very similar to when Bruce Pearl got the job at Auburn. There is this sense yeah. of these guys, this school, is giving me, they're taking a chance on me. They're giving me that second chance. They are they are allowing me a way back to the top tier in in my sport, whether it be college basketball. I mean, the, the, the SEC is not the premier college basketball conference, but it's one of the best. It's one of the top three, if you're asking me. And getting better. Yes, exactly. And football, it's been the best conference for years, for years and years and years. And this is an opportunity to get back to the highest level of college football and I think he is grateful for that and just that personal connection to Auburn just that that gratitude that he has for the chance that he has now I think that permeates through everything he says about Auburn Mm-hmm. Oh, I 100% agree, and, and I want us to talk about what he had to say when it comes to the football team themselves. We'll talk about that when we come back as we wrap up our number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Our coverage live from SEC Media Days, all brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you. Tim Jones Farmers Insurance. Tim Jones has been serving the community as a farmer's agent for over 30 years, 
as you prepare for whatever's down the road. He is here to help. And Wickles Pickles, the South's best pickles, 90 years in the making. Get wicked with Wickles Pickles. We'll talk about what he Freeze and the players had to say when it comes to the team and the players and the coaches and the scheme of what we're going to see coming up in just 46 days for Auburn football as we wrap up hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, wrapping up our number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Carter Bird back in the studios. I'm Jacob Goins with you here in Nashville, Tennessee on Radio Row at SEC Media Days 2023. It's been a fantastic first hour as we wrap it up. We started the show with Taylor Davis, the ESPN reporter, and host a podcast with former Auburn quarterback Jason Campbell. And then we had the audio with my one-on-one -on -one interview with head football coach Hugh Freeze. And Carter, we've been talking about what he's had to say today, whether it was with me or on the main podium. Uh, when it comes to the team itself and the football that will be played this fall, I asked him about the offense, and, and he said, look, I don't even know. And he said, I'd be lying if I tried to make anything up and tell you. Uh, there were some questions to him in the main room. Uh, and, and really, he I think he's being honest that they still have a lot of work to do when fall practice starts up in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean we're still talking about guys – who will be going into fall camp. These coaches haven't really seen all that much in practice. Think about Peyton Thorne. Think about Shane Hooks, Larry Nixon, these these late portal pickups to fill out this class. There's a handful of guys, and then you got a fair amount of freshmen coming in as well. Like it is it is difficult to fully know the picture of your team and your roster heading into the season when you haven't seen that many reps from some of these guys, I will say I am. It's Hugh Freeze's comments about Peyton Thorne make me believe that even though fall camp has not started, Peyton uh, Thorne is absolutely the quarterback, by the way. Uh, the way he talked about his leadership and the qualities oh, he yeah. has. And, I mean, he the, the story about when he first got to campus one of the first couple days he came to Hugh Freeze and said hey coach I can I have a piece of paper with the picture and name of everybody that works in this building so I can know everybody's face and everybody's name I mean Isn't that's that fantastic that's the stuff you want to see out of your your quarterback and that's one of the many reasons why Peyton Thorne is going to be the starting quarterback and look I think his leadership is a lot better than people have given him credit for I think his his arm talent is a lot better than people give him credit for. I think his mobility is a lot better than people give him credit for. And as a result, when you bring all that together, I think he's going to be a much better quarterback in 2023 than people are giving him credit for right now. Which is why I think Auburn will be a better team in 2023 than people 100%. are giving them credit for. Carter, we have people here in Nashville right now telling me that Auburn's going to be the last team in the SEC West. I will not. Wasn't that? Stand uh, for it. I, I mean, yeah. I can't. That's. Uh, I mean, it's 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 just not true. It's not true. Auburn. I promise you, Auburn will not be the last team in the SEC West in 2023. In the last year that the SEC West exists, Auburn will not finish last. I will put my life on it. Quite frankly, I mean. I don't know how you look at the ridiculous amount of transition, just even emotionally for Mississippi State, that they're going to yep. go through. Running a new offense that Will Rogers hasn't played in with 
with guys with a with a roster that has turned over some. You had some guys leave, uh, like Rara Thomas going to Georgia, like one of your running backs going to Washington. You had those things. You're bringing in a defensive-minded coach. You're running a different scheme. I don't know how you look at them and their schedule and then look at Auburn and with what Hugh Freeze and this staff has done in a short amount of time to re-rebuild, revamp this roster and say, yeah, Mississippi State is going to finish ahead of Auburn. I mean, State, I, I, I think the ceiling this upcoming year might be 6-6. Six and six. Might be 6-6. Six and six. Because I think it's going to be a brutal year for them. And I, I, I think, look, State is going to be a better team and there's going to be things to like about them than their record will show. But th- like this, this is going to be a year where I think nobody knows how the West is going to turn out. I mean... I saw Jake Crane earlier today saying Auburn is going to finish third in the West in his mind. I mean, if you and can pick Auburn anywhere, anywhere from third to seventh, I mean, that's a pretty wide range, and that gives you the picture. I mean, Alabama could finish anywhere from first to third or fourth, and I don't think we've ever yeah. said that since year one with Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot more to debate when it comes to the SEC West. Here's some of my notes from Hugh Freeze in the main room uh, before we get out of here for hour number one. And reminder uh, that Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 will start hour number two with us right at the top of the hour at 3 o'clock. So make sure you stay tuned for that because Georgia was here today as well with Kirby Smart and those three players. So we want to talk about that with him at 3 o'clock as well. But, Carter, here are some of my notes quickly on Hugh Freeze in the main room. He started off asking people for patience. He asked the Auburn fan base for patience. He asked the SEC and the college football world for a little bit of patience for this Auburn team uh, he somebody asked him about if he ever thought you know would he get back to the SEC after all the old Miss stuff went down and, and he answered it really really well and and he said look I at the time no I couldn't process that I could ever get back to the SEC uh, he uh, he uh, talked about coming in and having to have faith in each other and in the program and so I, he talked a lot about that um, he said Philip Montgomery will be the primary play caller on the offense so that was good to hear as as well and uh, really just having to close the gap in the conference in the SEC so really good things from Hugh Freeze on the main stage and in my private interview with him and so if we have time in hour number two which I think we will we'll play that for you once again Jordan Hill at Fox or 7 Daryl Dapperich coming up as well here in hour number two live from SEC Media Days. is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goetz and Carter Bird. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Checking in from SEC Media Days in Nashville, Tennessee, live on Radio Row. Hope you're all doing well. My name is Jacob Goins. Carter Bird is back in the Auburn Network ESPN 106.7 studio. If you missed any of our number one, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast later today, ESPNAU.com, or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Taylor Davis of ESPN joined us to start the show talking all things Auburn her love for Auburn she's a big Auburn alum and why she's excited for 2023 also played my interview with Hugh Freeze my one-on-one closed-door interview with him we'll play that again coming up here in hour number two and then Carter and I talked about what Hugh Freeze had to say in that interview and on the main podium so if you missed any of it be sure to go and catch up with the podcast ESPNAU.com but here in hour number two starting off the second hour with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 our usual uh, Wednesday guest, but having on Tuesday here today with, of course, Georgia being here alongside Auburn. Jordan, it's always great to have you on, but great to have you on in person, man. I know. That's one of the things I enjoy the most about SEC Media Days. I get to pop on with you guys, uh, catch up a little bit, and talk a little Auburn and talk a little Georgia. Yeah, well, last year is when we started having you on, and we've had you on just about every week since then, and we always greatly appreciate you and your time and, and, and everything you have to say. It helps us and our listeners tremendously. So, Let's talk about Georgia because Kirby Smart was here today. He brought three players with him as well. What did you hear from from Kirby Smart when he took the main stadium uh, right here behind us? You know, I think the biggest thing that he wanted to get across, and we had a chance to talk to Kirby before he went out there, and he talked about he really wanted to stress the fact that they are pushing for no complacency in this program. And I think that that's what he really wanted everyone to take away from his time at the podium, that they are striving uh, that they're not falling back on those past two championships. And it was even something he talked about last year when they were trying to defend that first national championship. I think Kirby kind of hit all the right notes. You know, he was a little bit more laid back than I think I've seen him in years past at the podium. I think he has grown in that way in dealing with the media, sort of understanding how these things go. And uh, I think that he uh, showed the right mix of feeling confident in the guys they have coming back, guys that are going to be stepping up into bigger roles but understanding that uh, nothing is guaranteed. And they know that, you know, it's not been since the 1934 to 36 Minnesota Golden Gophers who have won back to back to back. They understand it's going to take a lot to do that, but I think that they feel confident about their plan to try to chase that championship. With with that three-peat in mind, are we finally past the point that Kirby Smart will convince his team that everybody thinks they're going 7-5? and Are we going to see them finally admit that they're pretty good? Yeah, you know, Carter, I don't know if you saw this. Someone tried to make a joke about that uh, in the main room. was like, oh, yeah, the guy beside me said uh, you're going 7-5. and five. And I don't know if Kirby didn't hear him or if he just didn't want to acknowledge it, but he was like, I don't know what you just said. I guess it was funny because people were laughing. Like, <laughs> they, just, they just didn't really go anywhere with it. But, you know, I think that there is, for a lot of these players, the understanding that, you know, there's going to be guys playing bigger roles than they did last year, guys who will be first-time starters. You do have guys, several of which, you know, really all three guys who are coming back uh, that were here today, Brock Bowers, Cedric Van Pran, and Kamari Laster, they all played really big roles on last year's title team. But they understand that there's going to be guys really all around them on the field on offense and defense who are going to be playing a whole lot more. I think they understand that they can't take anything for granted, that they're going to have to go earn it. Uh, That was really the takeaway from talking to those players and what they had to say. And uh, I think that they know that um, they're going to have to work for it, and I think they've got the approach of understanding that nothing's going to be given to them. 
target on their backs for the second straight year, and uh, we'll see how they handle it. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 joining us here at the table at SEC Media Days on Radio Row. Kirby mentioned he started off pretty early talking about those back-to-back -back national championships and then immediately went into how that was the highest of the highs and then talked about the lowest of the lows with the tragic events uh, this, this past winter. And, that you know, he talked about how a low point that was, losing a couple of lives, of course. But other than that, as far as I know, he may have done some stuff on the side that I didn't hear, Jordan, but didn't mention a whole lot about all of the, the speeding problems that seem to be happening with Georgia football. Yeah, a lot of conversation. I know there was one question about that, and he sort of talked about a point that he reiterated last week when we as uh, the local beat had a chance to sit down with him and athletic director Josh Brooks, a few other people from UGA Athletics. Um, you know, that they're working to try to eradicate that stuff. And to Kirby's credit, I mean, you know, these are 18, 22-year-old kids, but they still have to understand the ramifications, especially after you have an accident where two young lives were lost. So I understand, and I think they do as well, that uh, they're, they're sort of under a microscope when it comes to these sort of instances. And I thought the players were really that were here today gave some really good answers. I'm thinking about specifically Cedric Van Pran saying, you know, that you, you want to get on your teammates and make mistakes like that, but at the same time you understand they're embarrassed. You know, they don't want to be in situations like that. I think you just need some of the guys involved to really kind of understand uh, what's at stake, not only from the perspective of how it looks for the program, but it's really dangerous. And Kirby talked about that on the main stage that, you know, you're, you're really more concerned about, you know, these super speeder tickets, things like that. You don't mm -hmm. want to be in a situation where, um, you know, things go wrong and you're speeding. And, and really the best case scenario is you get pulled over by a cop because it could be really, really worse than that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jordan, we've, over the past couple of years, we know that we've we've seen and heard a lot about that Georgia defense, and rightfully so because they've been so dominant, especially that Georgia front where it feels like, I mean, what seventy five percent of them are playing for the for the Eagles now. Uh, going forward into twenty twenty three, how do you see this Georgia front stacking up to these previous two years where you've had uh, Jalen Carter and some of the guys like that? Who have made that group just special as can be on the on the in the front seven for this Georgia defense? I think the biggest thing is I think this is going to be a test of quantity over quality because you're not going to have a guy of Jalen Carter's caliber, and and I think they would admit that. But they're really deep. I mean, they've got a lot of guys coming back, guys like Nazir Stackhouse and Zion Logue, and some younger guys like Jordan Hall and Jamal Jarrett. Uh, a few unproven guys, but when you look at how Georgia has recruited defensive line year after year, I mean, these are all pretty, you know, pretty much four stars or high three stars and guys that they expect big things from. So I don't think you're going to see a guy like a uh, Jalen Carter who just, you know, is picking up LSU's quarterback in the SEC title game like he's a ragdoll. But I do think that they understand that they're still deep on the defensive line and talking to some of those guys like Zion Logue during spring. I think they recognize that, and I think they like where they are. I think they like that they're going to have a good rotation, and I think that they feel pretty confident about being able to get after quarterbacks and stuff the run just like they've done in the years past. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 joining us at the table on Radio Row here at SEC Media Days in hour number two of the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Jordan, you, you mentioned the players that Georgia brought with them today. Tell our listeners a little bit who they were and what they had to say uh, in all their rounds here at SEC Media Days. Definitely. So it was Brock Bowers, who is the tight end. I think Auburn fans 
fans probably know him more than they would like to. Uh, Cedric Van Pran, the center, and cornerback Kamari Lassiter. Uh, Brock Bowers is not very talkative when he's dealing with a, a small crowd like the local beat. Kirby and, talked about that on the main stage. He said the biggest challenge is get him to say more than three sentences. And I don't know that anyone was successful. <laughs> he did not say, say very much. I do think it was interesting to hear him uh, be asked about you know being that premier tight end. Some people think maybe a dark horse Heisman candidate, and I do think he's a, a really humble kid. And he said, "Look, you know, I'm not really focused on that. Basically, if that comes, that's great, and it's probably a sign that the team is really successful." He, he's definitely a self-driven guy, and Kirby talked about that on the main stage and has done it in the past. Uh, you know, I think that he's a guy that they're really excited about. And interested to see what he's able to do this year. Cedric Van Pran, the center, uh, he was a guy that we all kind of expected to move on to the NFL. He stayed. He gave some good answers about why he decided to come back, you know, being driven, loving being at Georgia, loving being among his teammates. And that guy's probably the most important leader, I would say, on this team. You think about a team that lost its starting quarterback, some big pieces. I think he's going to be a guy that keeps everybody sort of in line. And especially with some of the off-the-field incidents, I think he's a guy that's sort of leading everybody in the right direction. And then Kamari Lassiter, uh, still pretty young, but a guy that uh, it was funny listening to the talk about when he was recruited during that COVID year. Uh, Kirby said he sent videos to Georgia. He said something like 800 times. Might have been a little bit of an exaggeration, but he badly wanted to come to Georgia, and he was able to get that scholarship and has done very well started opposite Keeley Ringo last year. I think he has a chance. Uh, I think at the end of this week he may wind up being an All-SEC, maybe the first team, one of the corners. Wow. Really talented guy. He's going to have to prove himself because he doesn't have Keeley Ringo on that opposite side. They're going to be breaking in a new starting corner. Uh, but very uh, – very uh, interesting guy to listen to, and, and he's very thoughtful. He gave really good answers about his approach, um, wanting to fill his role, but understanding that he's not alone in that secondary. He's got guys he can count on to make plays. Jordan, if, if Georgia is going to achieve that three-peat that we talked about earlier, who is one guy on both sides of the ball that kind of has to be the breakout guy to really help push them over the edge this year? I think on offense, I would just make it easy and say Carson Beck, who I do expect mm -hmm. to be the starting quarterback. You know, the question remains, and I do think this competition will go into fall camp. But by all signs and everything we've heard, I think Carson's got the lead. Um, just simple. they got to have a guy they can rely on and got to be a guy that's not going to give the ball away, lose possessions, things like that. Uh, I think Carson is going to be a guy that he's not Stetson Bennett, and I don't think he claimed to be, and there will be growing pains along the way. But you got to count on him to make plays. And then on the other side of the ball, I would look at uh, Chaz Chambliss, at outside linebacker. They lost a ton of experience in Nolan Smith and Robert Bill, two guys that were five stars when they were coming out of high school. You lose those guys to the NFL. And they've got a lot of talent at outside linebacker, but they're very, very young. I think in spring, Kirby said that this was the greenest he's ever seen an outside linebacker room. Uh, the most experienced guy is Chaz Chambliss, who played a lot more when Nolan Smith got hurt last year, last October. Uh, they're counting on him to play a big role. I think he'll definitely be starting early in the year. And uh, we'll be called on to try to help some of those younger guys get up to speed because they've got a lot of talent at outside linebacker, but they are very, very young. 
Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. Again, he always joins us on Wednesdays, but joining us on Tuesday here at SEC Media Days because it was Georgia Day along with Auburn Day, a really big day with Auburn and Georgia both being here. Uh, Jordan, we appreciate you as always and your time. Let everybody know, as always, where they can find you and all your fantastic Georgia coverage because nobody does it better, man. I appreciate that. Dogs247.com on Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill on Twitter at Dogs247. Uh, like Jacob said, a very busy day, but that means a lot of content. Got stories, got a podcast. There's no telling what else is coming, but uh, definitely a very enjoyable trip to Nashville and definitely learned a lot along the way. Well, stay out of trouble being in Nashville. I've been told that uh, I've had guests already tell me that Nashville is uh, its a lot easier to get in trouble in Nashville than some other cities. So there's a lot going on. So stay out of trouble, Jordan. We appreciate you as always, man. Appreciate you and everything you do. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 joining us here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. When we come back, my one-on-one -on -one interview with Auburn head football coach Hugh Freeze. We'll play it for you when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back here in Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee for SEC Media Days 2023. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Uh, getting you live from Radio Row. Carter Bird back in the Auburn Network studio. Uh, earlier today, Hugh Freeze took the main podium here behind us. But before that, I was able to get a closed-door one-on-one interview with the Auburn head football coach. Hugh Freeze and we were able to talk about his transition with his family into Auburn uh, what the fans should be excited for in 2023 and so a big thank you to uh, everybody all the Auburn SIDs Kirk Sampson Shelly Poe uh, George Nunnally West Todd everybody uh, that was involved with that and allowing us to do that so we appreciate them and all the efforts they put in uh, year in and year out and of course we are excited Auburn Network and our family of stations to now be the Auburn Opelika affiliates for all the Auburn athletics at the Auburn Sports Network. That is Auburn football, men and women's basketball, and baseball on Wings 94.3 and AU100, the local affiliate for the next five years. Your home for the Auburn Sports Network in the Auburn Opelika area. So we're very, very excited about that. Uh, and again, I was able to sit down with Hugh Freeze, head coach of Auburn football. So if you missed it back in hour number one, don't worry. We're going to play it for you again right now here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. We'll play it for you, and Carter and I will talk about it when it's done. This is my interview with head coach Hugh Freeze. Here live at SEC Media Days 2023 in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm joined by head coach Hugh Freeze for Auburn Football. Coach, great to see you back at SEC Media Days, and this time representing the Orange and Blue. It's great to see you back. Well, thank you so much, and it's, uh, it's good to be representing Auburn for sure. And so how was, I want to start with this, how was the trip up here? You brought three three of your best guys, three senior leaders on this team. You're bringing Cam Stutz, Elijah McAllister, and Luke Deal. What was the trip like for you and those three guys? I know the trips are always special. It's a great time to bond with those young men. What was that like for you? It was a quick flight, uh, and, and, you know, you're not really getting to sit all together, but it was, uh, you know, I could see their excitement, and obviously there's a lot of kids we could have chose to come, and, um and uh, those three are, are, are representation of, of what we want Auburn men to be like and Auburn players to be like. And 
there's certainly some more back home that are just like them. So it wasn't an easy decision, but uh, I think that they will do a phenomenal job today of representing our program. What's it been like for you in a very, very busy few months that you've been at Auburn, you've hit the recruiting trail hard, you've hit the transfer portal hard, and I know you guys have been practicing and making some changes. What's it been like for you in the short amount of time on the Plains? Uh, crazy. You know, it's just it's been nonstop, truthfully. And um, But we kind of knew that coming in, and you've got to – but uh, the excitement that's around the program right now from our fan base and our supporters and uh, I think is uh, it just encourages us to continue the drive to, to close the gap on the elite teams in this conference and, and hopefully we can do that in the next couple recruiting cycles. In the meantime, man, hopefully we can uh, find a way to compete with them with what we have in that room because we just believe in each other and hopefully that's the, the culture we can build. I want to ask you in a minute what – Auburn fans should be excited about for 2023, but what excites you, Coach, about 2023 and this specific group of guys that you've got right now for Auburn football? Well, I get excited about new challenges. Uh, I've always been that way, and um, whether it's, you know, when I was at Ole Miss and took a team to the to the New Year's Six games, and they say you couldn't do it again, and then, well, let's do it again the next year, and we did, <laughs> or you go to Liberty, who's moving into um, – you know, the FBS for the first time and everybody, well, they may not win a game. They, well, we go to a bowl game and win eight games, you know. Mm-hmm. So just new challenges, and certainly we've got one here. Um, the program has not been on its best the last few years. Uh, it's not the Auburn that I remember. Um, but it's our job to restore that, and that excites me. How have you felt the Auburn family and the Auburn fan base accept you, your family, coming into to this new town? It's been, like I said, it's been a short time, and I know it's been busy, but what's that been like for you and your family? Couldn't have been any better, any smoother, any uh, more welcoming. They're just incredible people, and, you know, we're blessed to have all three of our daughters, two of their husbands, and now a grandchild, and our youngest is at Auburn. So uh, for us, family is everything to us, and, and I, I sense that the Auburn people feel the same way, so it's been just a great partnership. On the offensive side of the football, as we get to the X's and O's really quick, on the offensive side of the football, still have you know a quarterback battle. You bring in Peyton Thorne. You've got a really stacked running back room, a new-looking offensive line, a great young receiving core. What is the offense going to look like for you and Auburn in 2023? Truthfully, I have no clue. I mean, I don't. I mean, we haven't we haven't practiced enough yet to know exactly what we can do and what we can't do. I'm not going to change our system. Uh, that's worked for me for years. But how much of that can we really do in year one? And and until we decide, particularly who the quarterback is and what his skill sets are, I think it's just kind of I would be just making stuff up at this point if I knew what our strengths are going to be. When you look at the defensive side of the football, a lot of senior leadership. You brought one of them here today with Elijah McAllister. I think you've got numerous guys that are going to be playing on Sundays. What what gives you the confidence in the defensive players that you have right now as you get closer to the season? Well, I'd feel a lot better if we had Derek Hall back and, and some <laughs> of those that could have stayed that went pro. But, uh, you know, I worry a little bit about our depth there. Uh, we're going to have to play some young guys. Um, and particularly in the secondary and maybe up front. So, um, you know, it takes depth. But I do think that we've got a good mixture there. We just uh, uh, hopefully we'll have enough depth uh, to, to roll ones and twos and threes out there and, and still be competitive. Coach Freeze, we're 46 days away from the kickoff of Auburn football. Tell Auburn fans why they should be excited for you and this program in 2023. Well, I think you should be optimistic, but but – 
temper it with patience. Um, there will be some growing pains, but I do expect that they will see a team that's going to play passionate football for this university for 60 minutes. So that was my one-on-one -on -one closed-door interview with Auburn University head football coach Hugh Freeze earlier today before he took the main podium. Uh, really had some interesting thoughts in asking him about his family and, and him transitioning into the SEC, or into Auburn, I should say, staying in the SEC. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed getting to talk with him but a little bit before, a little bit after that interview as well and get to know him just a little bit better. Uh, Carter, your thoughts again on what, what he had to say in that interview. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm encouraged. Uh, I know that he's excited about the challenge, and I think that it's going to be um, it's going to be fascinating to see just how how quickly this gets off the ground. Just because you, you and I keep talking about it, the opinions on Auburn could not be more just polarizing out there. It's either uh, they they might go six and six or. They might go nine and three with a ceiling of ten and two, and it's just like it's all over the place. And I just, I, I think that Hugh Freeze is embracing the challenge, um, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm really fascinated to see what this team does in year one. He talked about depth, getting ones and twos and threes settled, and trying to make sure you have that depth. I do think that that is going to be the limiter in my mind, on just how high this Auburn season can go. Uh, but it's a heck of a lot better than when he took over the job in December, I can tell you that. Yeah, and, and every time he talks, and really today, all day long, whether it was my interview or in the main room or the electronic media room, like every time that he Hugh Freeze talks about Auburn and talks about this program, you can tell that he's excited, but he also wants people to be cautious, especially the Auburn fans, where we know that first-year head coaches have had some magical seasons in year one. And I think he may be trying to, not in a bad way, but maybe trying to hold people back just a hair and just say, hey, let's not expect to make it to the national championship game in year one like 100%. they did in 2013, right? I think Which, it's and that fair was a for freak him to thing. do that. That was a total right. freak thing. Right, and I think it's fair for Hugh Freeze to ask for some patience, and that's what he started his thing in the main room. You heard it in that interview with, that I did with him as well, just asking for some patience. He wants Auburn fans to be excited. He knows they're excited uh, because season tickets have sold out at a record at a record pace, um, but it's fair for the head coach in year one with so much change in this roster and all the different coaches. Like, it's okay for him to ask for the fan base to be patient, but you know he's excited, and I think he's ready to get started in 46 days, Carter. 100%. 100%. And he's – look, I mean, I'm I'm starting to get in, in that zone where I'm just – I'm ready to get fog camp started and see what – That's how I feel, what man. We, that's what, what SEC Media Days does, brother. Yeah, it's man. Awesome. I, I just want to learn more and more about this team and who continues to step up and – how this defense with Ron Roberts takes shape, how this offense with Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery takes shape, how, um, which by the way, I, I, I want to mention this, because I'm sure we, we will talk about it with Daryl. I love the shout out that Ken Austin got from Hugh Freeze, where Hugh Freeze yeah. called him the smartest, what, f football mind he's ever been around. I mean, that goes hand-in-hand hand with everything I've heard about Hugh Freeze and Ken Austin and how good of a coach Ken Austin is. I think Ken Austin might be kind of this secret weapon for Auburn, just that you basically have an extra offensive coordinator with your head coach and your offensive coordinator 
as an analyst, and I think those three are going to find a way to make this offense successful in 2023. Carter, I'll tell you what. If they don't quit wheeling big tables of food and pastries and cupcakes around my table when I'm off the air, when I'm on the air, I'm going to have to find an argument with somebody. They do it every time I'm on the air. It's cupcakes, cookies, brownies, sandwiches. They put fruit on there. I don't know why they did that. But there's all sorts of stuff, and they wheel it right by my table just so I can see it, almost touch it, but I can't do anything about it. But, no, all jokes aside, SEC Media Days, they're taking care of us here in Nashville. It's been fantastic as day two rolls on here on ESPN 106.7, hour seven straight hours of local coverage for SEC Media Days on the Auburn Opelika Sports leader brought to you by the orthopedic clinic tim jones farmers insurance and wickles pickles when we come back the guests continue on daryl dapperich contributor for locked on auburn he'll join us talking about hugh freeze and what he and the players had to say today for day two of sec media days Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7, live from SEC Media Days in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Jacob Goins here with Boots on the Ground, Carter Bird back in the ESPN 106.7 studio, and we're joined by Daryl Dapperich, contributor and uh, maybe future host of Locked on Auburn. You're much better than Zach is. I mean, it's just, oh, that's man. just a fact. So, hey, man, thanks for stopping by. Uh, hey, thanks. First of all, congratulations are in order. It's the first time I've joined you since you've been officially named the uh, – football broadcast right yes, so that's great yeah, thank you I, it, to me it just feels right to be with the auburn network that's right exactly so I'm, right. I'm happy for you guys so congratulations thank on you order there. thank you very much yes the home of the auburn sports network for the next five years daryl we'll have uh, football and tiger talk and men's basketball will be on wings 94.3 our classic rock station and then women's basketball and baseball will be on au 100 so we're very very excited for that and glad we were able to announce that before coming to sec media days and so uh, let's talk about auburn a little bit because today was Auburn Day. It was Georgia Day as well here in Nashville, so a very busy one. Uh, but Hugh Freeze took the main stage around 1 o'clock. The players were here as well. We'll start with Hugh Freeze. What would you hear from him and what he had to say in the main room? You know, I came into this very curious as to how he was going to handle this day. You know, you, people talk about winning the press conference, winning SEC media days. I knew that we talked last week, you know, when I was on your show about what potential questions could be pitfalls. Yeah. I am one of those guys that have always been very skeptical when Auburn hires a new coach. It's kind of that show me. I, I know you can win the press conference. I know you might be able to recruit till you take the field. I wasn't very enthusiastic about the Terry Bowden hire. I wasn't about the Gene Chizik hire. We're, we're going way back already. I am. And so this is all, and the, you know, the Brian Harson, Gus Mel's on. I was about Tuberville. Hugh Freeze, I felt something different when he was hired. I really had some optimism. Everything I've seen today reinforces that. The way he handles the room, commands the room, uh, his, his uh, composure, how he answers questions. I think he's a guy that definitely has a plan, is very, very much about nothing about, other than, you know, on the field winning. He's confident. I think the way he goes about it, talking to some of the players, they like his approach. Um, so I, I just was really impressed by the, how he answered the questions, and I think he has formulated a plan on what it's going to take to be successful at Auburn. And I like the way he articulates that plan. Daryl, what did you think about 
the way that he kind of laid it out in front of everybody in the big room about how he had to kind of reprogram this roster to kind of believe in themselves. Uh, was that something that surprised you? And uh, how do you think uh, Hugh Freeze has done with that so far? I, it didn't surprise me because I felt like, from a confidence standpoint, the previous regime took some people's confidence and beat them down a little bit. I'm just going to be very honest. I mean, that's how I felt. So what he did to flip that room was reinstill confidence with the existing players, but then bring in players that had success elsewhere to kind of fuse that and rub off on the players that were there. I, I, I know that he feels like, you know, I asked him the question about how long do you feel like it's going to take You've been at other places at Arkansas State, at Ole Miss, and, and at Liberty where you kind of got bad situations. You came into bad situations. Do you feel like Auburn is going to be quicker or take longer to flip that? And he felt like the athletes that Auburn had, it, from a timeline standpoint, you know, he could get it turned around pretty quickly. So I think that's interesting, but I agree. I, I was a little bit shocked at how he answered it, but not shocked that he found – a wounded room when he came to Auburn, and some of the players needed to get their confidence back. Daryl Dappert's joining us, a contributor for Locked on Auburn with Zach Blackerby. Some of the notes that I took down when Hugh Freeze took the, the main podium there in the, in the main room, he, he started with asking the fans for patience, right? I think asking the fans, the SEC, college football, for patience. And Carter and I were talking about that a little bit before you walked over here. Um, and I think that's fair, right? Don't you, Daryl? I think it's fair for a coach to be able to say, look, we have expectations, but it's also year one. Like, let's not try to uh, – we can shoot for the stars, but if we miss, let's not just, you know, let's not just hit the guy for it and, and really tear him down because of it. Auburn has this crazy tradition of uh, unrealistic expectations being met right out of the gate. Bowden went undefeated. Gus Malzahn got them to a national championship game. Look, Chiswick's first year after winning the Outback Bowl, I think everybody felt great after that. Only Tuberville and Harson, really, in my opinion, kind of met expectations of what you expected that first year. I think you Freeze will exceed expectations, and here's why. I don't really pay attention to what local media or people that cover Auburn, I, I really respect their opinions, but when you're looking at what you think Auburn's going to do, I look outside that. A lot of people that I've talked to, from national folks to people that cover other SEC schools, feel like seven is the floor. Seven wins is the floor for Auburn, and nine is the ceiling. So I think if you're Hugh Freeze, and how that looks is, if you can win all your non-conference games, if you can split the conference and go eight and four and then win your bowl game, I think you kind of feel like you did after that Chiswick first year. Okay, we're on the roll. Auburn's in an upward trajectory. And I think that that is a, you know, definitely attainable with this group. I really do. When you look at this, this, I guess the projections for this Auburn team, everybody seems to be sleeping on uh, this roster and how much Hugh Freeze kind of revamped it. And everybody seems to be sleeping on Peyton Thorne. Do you think individually, while Auburn may exceed some of the national expectations out there, Peyton Thorne can produce at a level to power this team to that 8-9 win total? Hugh Freeze directly attributed to where he thinks and how fast he's going to get there and why he doesn't 100% know where this Auburn team is going to be amongst his other teams and turn around quickly because he said he had quarterbacks at those other places in place to get that. And it's important to have a trigger man. So I really believe that the Peyton Thorne of two years ago 
will reemerge because he had a strong running game at Michigan State two years ago, and he's going to have a strong running game this year. I like the revamped offensive line, and I love Philip Montgomery and his play calling. So I think Thorne, will, if, if he is the guy, he will be the quarterback we saw two years ago, and with that is where I think you come along with expectations for Auburn. Daryl, I know that you and Zach were uh, recording some Locked on Auburn and recording some interviews. What what players did you guys get today? We got all three. We got Stutz, we got McAllister, and we got Deal. Deal, what I got from him is I was really interested to ask the question about how last year Auburn went with some three tight end sets late in the year to run the ball effectively because they needed it to get hat on hat. You better they, believe it. They ran three tight ends and got some really successful running games because of that. And I said, are we going to see that again this year with the improved offensive line play? And you guys should have seen his face. He lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, you're going to see two, three, and sometimes four tight end sets in this offense. And he said, not only are you going to see that, you're going to see us throw and run out of it. We're not going to be predictable. So that was good. McAllister, just a natural-born leader. I can see why Auburn took him. Yes. I was surprised they took him because he's a transfer portal guy natural born leader spoke very highly of the the other edges in the room the linebackers that kind of thing and then cam stutz is just a guy that felt like he really needed to work hard in the offseason to be an offensive line leader i was in, i was impressed with what he had to say about the group in the offensive line room daryl you you talked about asking about three tight end sets with Hugh Freeze's comments today about Brian Batty and what we heard in the spring about Damari Austin and what we already know about Jarquez Hunter, could we see some creativity with some three-back sets this year? Yeah, I think Austin's a guy that can run slot for you. I mean, and I think of, of him lining up in the slot and going up the seam. Um, not so much Jeremiah Cobb, but, but Austin could, Batty could. I see Batty as a guy like an Ontario McCaleb and some other backs and that Auburn, you know, kind of footprint where the jet sweeps and they bring them from the outside. So I think multiple sets with multiple running backs, multiple tight ends are definitely something that is going to cause defenses problems, and I think Philip Montgomery will use that. Guys, it's funny. I don't know if you heard this. In the main room, uh, somebody asked Hugh Freeze about Petit, and he said, look, I'll be honest, when we added him to this roster, Hugh Freeze said to himself, and this guy's too small to be playing in the SEC. But then he saw him get on campus, started seeing him in practice in the spring, and really fell in love with him. And, Daryl, I know you agree on this. That's what's going to make this Auburn running back room just that much better and one of the best in all of the SEC and maybe in college football. To me, he was the best back at A-Day. I mean, I tracked it, stats, I was there, I was covering it, and he had more explosive runs than even Jarquez Hunter. He was shifty, he had he could bounce it outside, he could run between the tackles if he needed to. I hate that he had that surgery, and I hope he recovers 100% because mm -hmm. that's a back that Auburn's going to need and use, use to, to its fullest extent. And then when Cobb gets on campus too, I mean, Auburn's loaded in the running back room, and I think you're really going to need that to compete in the SEC. Daryl, when you look at we've, – we've talked a lot about quarterback. We've heard about the offensive line. We haven't seen a difference maker at receiver for Auburn in a while. Mm. And when you look at that room, who do you think going into 23 is going to be that guy who kind of steps up and says, hey, I'm wide receiver one. This is my room. Everybody follow me, and we're going to have some high-level production at the wide receiver position. I think it's going to be an ongoing battle between Cam Brown and Hooks. I've seen Hooks play 
uh, live. I've covered some of his games when I was calling games for Alabama State. He's just different. And he's he's got that prototypical receiver body. But last year I was very, very high on Camden Brown. And I think Cam Brown can emerge as his second year. So I think those two guys are going to be the two guys that you see on the outside battle each other for the alpha dog role. And then I like Javarius Johnson in the slot. I think he's ready to take that next step. Keep in mind, guys, Fairweather, in my opinion, Rivaldo Fairweather running some of the tight end routes that go up the seam and between the hashes is going to bring a lot of bodies with him downfield. I think that's going to open up the middle for a guy like Javaris Johnson with dig routes, and it's going to allow Brown and Hooks to get outside as safeties shade and cover Fairweather. Because if they don't do that, Fairweather is going to have a monster year up the seam. So look for that. Goal line packages. Auburn's got a lot of big receivers to throw to on the on the, the 50-50 balls. But Fairweather down the seam is going to open up a lot for the wide receivers, I think. Daryl, you're one of the best in the business, just breaking it down and telling us how you think, and you're, you're just so spot on most of the time. But i got two more questions before sure. we let you get out of here. A, uh, one's going to be about media day to wrap this up for Auburn and then be a personal side for you. Sure. Was this a successful media days for Hugh Freeze and Auburn? Yes, he knocked it out of the park because he, he showed some contriteness. He showed that he's in command of the room. He's charismatic. He's composed, and nothing he did or said is bulletin board material. And even when somebody lobbed him a softball about Joseph Goodman said, you're one of the best second half, uh, you know, as far as making adjustments, another college football coach said that about him. He joked and said, what did Saban say that? Which was which was classic. <laughs> that was a great quote. And he said it funny and all that. Nothing he did or nothing he said made me come away with the fact that, and I tweeted this out, my impressions of Hugh Freeze at this SEC Media Days is that Auburn is dang lucky to have him. And didn't make any headlines. Nope. And that's exactly what you want to do if you're at SEC Media Days. You don't want to make headlines. Daryl, you're here this week with Zach Blackerby and Locked On Auburn. What's it like for you to be back here covering the Auburn Tigers, doing it with Zach on the Locked On Auburn podcast? You know, I, I came here three other four other years with uh, the, the, the affiliate that you guys have, ESPN The Ticket 107.5, was blessed to do that with Doug Amos. This is different, and what's been great about this is I can solely focus on Auburn. That's my passion. That's who I pull for. That's who I want to succeed. succeed. And so being able to kind of focus on the Auburn angle of this and Auburn only has been really special. It's a privilege, and I don't take it for granted at all. Well, Darrell, we appreciate you, and I've really enjoyed getting to know you more this week, and we've got a couple of more days here. But yes. uh, thank you so much for your time, and um, we'll be talking very soon. And, again, we just appreciate you everything you do. All right. Take care. You too, Carter. Have a good one, brother. Appreciate it, Darrell. That is Daryl Dapper, who again is here with Zach Blackerby, contributor for Locked on Auburn. We'll wrap up the Tuesday edition of On the Line and day two of SEC Media Days and talk about why this was a successful SEC Media Days for Auburn and Hugh Freeze. Don't turn that dial. We'll wrap it up on the other side. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up day two here at SEC Media Days 2023 in Nashville, Tennessee. And Carter, it has become a flood 
outside. Uh, we're here at the Hyatt Regency downtown, and they got these big windows off to the side here at SEC Media Days at Radio Row, and it is an absolute flood. Dark clouds rolled in, everybody's staring out the window. Looks like a tornado may be going on. Not really, but it's flooding outside right now, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty sunny here, so we don't have that, that, that weather. <laughs> Uh, no, I, it is like sideways rain outside downtown Nashville. I will say that the only thing in this studio right now that is changing like the uh, weather is over the course of the last two hours, Jacob, I have started to – don't tell Lance this yet. We, we, we can tell him together. I'm talking oh, wow. myself into uh, Kentucky going 10-2. and 10 and 2. Oh no. Oh no. Well, <laughs> I think they're going to be really good. I'm 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 oh, starting no. to I'm starting to Is this uh, what happens it. when I leave you alone for a couple of days in the studio? I've just been looking at the schedule and it's <laughs> it's looking better and better the, the more I look at it. Well, Kentucky is tomorrow, and so we will uh, make sure that we uh, uh, get Lance Dahl of Locked On Kentucky on the show at some <laughs> point tomorrow. And you, I will let you tell him that. He, he will probably be one happy camper about that. But, uh, Carter, as we wrap up the second day of SEC Media Day, stay tuned, though, because the drive from 4 to 6. Dan Peck is here of the drive. Bill Cameron will be back in the ESPN 106.7 studio, part of our seven straight hours of coverage on ESPN 106.7. That is brought to you by. Uh, the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you. Tim Jones Farmers Insurance. Tim Jones has been serving the community as a farmer's agent for over 30 years. As you prepare for whatever's down the road, he is here to help. And Wickles Pickles, the South's best pickles, 90 years in the making. Get wicked with Wickles Pickles. Carter, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Daryl because I agree with him 1,000%. Was today a successful day for Hugh Freeze and Auburn football at SEC Media Days? Oh, I think it absolutely was. I mean, and and from really the get-go, I think he did everything right. I think he handled uh, himself well. I think the players that he brought handled themselves well uh, as well. And, I mean, he did some of the things that we thought he was going to do. Or, I mean, I said that I thought he needed to say, hey, have a little bit of patience with us because it's still going to be a process rebuilding this roster it's still going to take time it won't be done in just one year and it's going to take a couple years but i think he's done uh wonders so far and he's elevated the floor and the ceiling of this auburn team uh and i mean i'm encouraged by the statements that he made um about this offense about this the leadership with this team talking about the guys who he brought with him and then some that didn't. Uh, I was really encouraged by the things he said about uh, Peyton Thorne and the quarterback room, saying that he thinks the quarterback room is better off uh, than most people do. And just some of the things that he said about Peyton Thorne's leadership really excite me along with the other things that I have heard here over the summer. I think things uh, went about as positively as possible considering all of the uh, circumstances of a year one coach trying to rebuild a depleted roster, maybe also without having um, the most uh, maybe sunshine pumping three players he brought with him. I mean, he brought positive guys, but it's not like you're going to have anybody out there predicting uh, an undefeated season, I don't think, or or, or yeah. really firing people off with or firing off some controversial quotes. 
Yeah, and, you know, the, uh, we we talked about this before this week started. You know, the, the quarterbacks that are here, I mean, Will Rogers just finished up with Mississippi State a few minutes ago. I mean, those are the guys that get all of the attention when it comes to the players. They're the sexy ones to interview and stuff. But uh, I do want to let our listeners know that we had audio and I had uh, interviews with all three of the Auburn football players who were present here today, Luke Deal, Cam Stutz, and Elijah McAllister. And so we have that audio to play for you as the week goes on and next week after Media Days wraps up. So did want to let our listeners know about that. But, uh, yeah, you know, when it comes to Media Days, quickly before we get out of here, the, the goal as a head coach is, and I told Daryl this, not to make headlines. And Hugh Freeze didn't do anything that made headlines, and that's a perfect day at SEC Media Days, and that's exactly what he did. And, we again, I appreciate him and his time sitting down with me in my one-on-one interview with him. Uh, I thank everybody, all the SIDs with Auburn who were here today, Kirk Sampson, Shelly Poe, Wes Todd, and uh, George Nunnally. I, I appreciate all of them very, very much and taking care of us as the new uh, local affiliate for the flagship and the flagship stations for uh, in the Auburn Opelika area for the Auburn Sports Network. So we appreciate them and their work to help us uh, secure that interview and those interviews with the players today as well. What a great show we had today. It was stacked from top to bottom. Taylor Davis of ESPN joined us to start the show. She also hosts a podcast with Jason Campbell. We had our Hugh Freed's interview. We played it twice throughout the show today. If you missed it, go and catch up with the podcast right after the show, commercial free, ESPNAU.com. That's ESPNAU.com. You can find it commercial-free right after the show today. Also had Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 to talk about Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs because they were here today as well. And then Daryl Dapperts just wrapped up with us, the contributor for Locked on Auburn. Here's a preview of tomorrow. Takeo Spikes, former Auburn player and SEC Network host now. Joe Tessitore, he'll start the show live with us tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Trying to get Austin Hand and Trey Wallace, Brandon Marcello from 247. So many great guests coming up tomorrow as we roll into day three of SEC Media Days. Carter, thanks for your work, brother. I appreciate you more than you'll know. Stay tuned for the drive, 4 to 6. Until tomorrow, though, come back 2 to 4 on ESPN 106.7. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.